It's time for the Savvy Realtor Podcast. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Angie Cole, the owner and broker in charge of A. Cole Realty, serving you throughout the triangle, teaching you about the ins and outs when it comes to buying or selling a home. You can find the team online by going to acolerealty.com. That's A-C-O-L-E, realty.com, or by calling 919-578-3128. That's 919-578-3128. And now it's time for one of the top Realtors in the triangle, Angie Cole, and the Savvy Realtor Podcast. Let's bring in our first question of the day that comes to us from Bianca in Raleigh. If you want to submit a question, you can do that online at acolerealty.com. Bianca says, do you think mortgage rates could fall any further than they are right now, Angie, or are we pretty much at the bottom? That's a great question. I think everyone's always holding out and it's kind of like grass is greener on the other side and just waiting, waiting, waiting for the very, very bottom. But you know, guys, I I really think we're there. Um, I do not foresee that they're going to drop any further. If anything, they might actually start to slowly creep back up. So, you know, don't risk it. You know, if you are thinking about selling, if you need to get locked in, go ahead and take advantage of that and get locked in now. Um, I also know that our preferred lender, Jonathan Ellis, you know, he watches, of course, the rates daily, you know, probably many times a day. And he can lock you in, but he can also float you down, it's called. So should you get locked in at maybe a little bit of a higher interest rate, and then all of a sudden the interest rates drop again, typically there's like a one-time float down. So he is watching the market and you know watching those interest rates to see when is the best time to actually lock you in so you can take advantage of the very lowest interest rate possible. That's a great point. In fact, we've got a great mortgage app that you can actually download. I mentioned that text number a few moments ago. We also have a mortgage app that you can download, find out the latest rates, information. This is provided to us by Jonathan Ellis with Fairway Independent Mortgage. It's a free app that you can put on your phone and kind of just keep up to date with everything that's going on and even get pre-qualified right from your phone uh, with a local mortgage uh, agent, uh, Jonathan Ellis, there. So if you want to get access to that, there's a little button for it when you text the word SAVVY to the number 21000. So again, text the word SAVVY to the number 21000, and you will see a button that you can click on right after we text you back for downloading that mortgage app. So if you want to do that, go ahead and check it out now. Carl has another question. Carl's in Fayetteville and says, what is the legal definition of a bedroom? I had a disagreement with an agent who came to look at our home and said we were three bedrooms instead of four because we couldn't agree on the upstairs loft being a bedroom or not. Obviously, this would make a big difference in cost of the home, right? You know, um, a great, great question because this has really changed over time. But first of all, um, that is not going to necessarily make a difference in the cost of your home or the value based on the amount of bedroom count. Now, if you have a single family detached with only a two bedroom, more than likely, yes, the value will be less versus a three bedroom because three bedroom plus is pretty typical, you know, and, and what's kind of expected with a single family detached. But you have a 4,000 square foot home. You have one that's a four bedroom, one that's a five bedroom. Really, there's no additional value there because you have an additional bedroom. The reason being is I bet you the one with the five bedrooms just has smaller rooms, right? Where the four bedroom is larger rooms. So that doesn't necessarily give you more value just because you have an additional room. But getting back to your- Still a quality versus quantity kind of thing. Exactly, exactly. But getting back to your question, Carl, that's a great question. Now, you mentioned a loft. You know, I never would call a loft a bedroom. I personally wouldn't because I feel like that could be misleading. 
And it could be a waste of your time, a waste of the buyer's time. A loft is typically a area that is open, where a bonus room, we typically label those where they can actually, the door can be shut. So then it could be used as a bedroom, right? Um, so I wouldn't label a loft as a bedroom, first of all, because there's not much privacy there because it's an open living space. Um, but what does, what qualifies a room as a bedroom is the only thing that's needed is egress, okay? And what that means is a way to get outside. So back in the day, and I don't know when this changed, um, in order to call a room a bedroom, it had to have a window or like egress and a closet, but that's not the case anymore. Um, and if you think about it, think about those historic homes. Many of those do not have closets, right? They had like an arm wire um, to hold like the clothes. And I swear people back in the day had like one outfit, but you know, so that no longer is a requirement to be called a bedroom. All that's required is for there to be some type of way to get to outside for safety purposes. Um, I have recently actually ran into kind of the hiccup. I was selling a condo and it lived like a true two bedroom home. There was a designated space and there even had, there was a closet in one of the bedrooms, but there was no way to get outside. And you didn't even notice it right off the bat. Until all of a sudden you start looking, you're like, wait a minute, there's not a door or window in this room. So we couldn't call it a bedroom. Even though, of course, someone would use it as a bedroom, it must have egress. Egress. Uh, egress. That's our vocabulary word yes. of the day here yes. on the Savvy Realtor, egress. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> we have Frank writing in from Chapel Hill. Frank says, we need to sell my mom's house as she's moving in with us. She's okay with me saying it this way, as she does with a smile on her face but it has a bit of that old house smell to it. <laughs> Do you guys help us figure out how to get rid of stuff like that before selling? We might need to do some, uh, we might need some help getting it into good shape. Yeah, and, and, and I mean, that can happen, right? Whether, I mean, many different smells can happen within a home, right? Whether it yeah, it's, it's not just the old from, house smell. Yeah, yeah, I've seen, unfortunately, you know, animal, you know, stains that can can create smells. Um, but there's ways to, you know, of course, you know, eliminate those. So. Typically, the easiest way and the quickest, which I found, is once you remove all the furniture and then we might need to replace the carpet and paint, a lot of times it's completely masked. Like, there's no smell. Um, sometimes mm -hmm. if it's more extensive, uh, you know, so when you mention, you know, kind of the odor smell, that should fix everything, right? But when it comes to maybe pet stains, you know, sometimes it's tearing up the flooring, um, sealing the subfloor, you know, kilting that to really seal and then putting back down the flooring. So it might be a little bit more invasive. There's also um, these uh, systems there. And I'm drawing a blank. Is it the O2 systems? Oh. Sounded cool. O2 system. Hold on. And I'm totally drawing a blank here. But yeah, it's pretty much it's it's a system that um, it, you it's like, yeah, for like, like it's an ozone system or something. But anyways, you put the system in the home and what it does is it cycles through the air and then it blows back out fresh air. OK, and it kind of is almost in a sense like it's, you know, treating the air that it's cycling through. Right. And there's a name for it. And everyone, like, hum, like humidifiers or dehumidifiers. It, yeah, but, but there's a different, different name different for it. And mm -hmm. everyone's probably screaming through the radio at me right now. Like, this is the name of it. And I'm totally drawing a blank. But anyways, that can also be used when it comes to um, homes that have smoke smells in them. Um, and it's amazing. It's like night and day after you set that system up in the home. Let it run. Ozone? For, it's it ozone? ozone. Yeah, I swear it's ozone. Okay. But yeah, so that can be an option as well if needed. But sometimes you don't even have to go to, you know, that extent. So, you know, when it comes to, you know, Frank selling a home, I mean, we give so many different, uh, you know, 
tidbits of information and great ideas um, to help you in order to get the home sold quickly for top dollar and also get it show ready. And so that's one of those items. Very cool. And great question, Frank. Thanks for sending that one in. If you are thinking about selling your home in the near future, Frank, you might want to find out the potential value of your home. And you can do that very easily by texting the word SAVVY to the number 21000. Again, text the word SAVVY to the number 21000. You can find out how much your home is worth if you were to sell it in today's market. Great resource for you to check out today. Again, text the word SAVVY to the number 21000 a free tool to find out the potential value of your home. Alice has our final question of the weekend. Alice is in Cary and says, is there a difference between a real estate agent, a realtor, and a broker? Um, There is. There's some difference there. So, and it could also depend from state to state, but here in North Carolina, it does, actually it does depend from state to state because it depends on how they give your license. So here in North Carolina, um, now when you get your real estate license, you're a real estate agent. It used to be called a salesperson license, but now you are a real estate agent, okay? So then we have the word realtor, which has actually been trademarked, okay? And you are only a realtor when you take the classes that are needed. So here in North Carolina, you have to set up, you have to pay your dues, you have to also, um, you know, take your ethics course. And holding that designation is putting you at a higher standard than just a standard real estate agent. You know, there are expectations that go along with being a realtor and not just a real estate agent. So that's an additional designation on top of a real estate agent. And then a broker. So when you get your license, you are also a broker, okay? So in the past, you used to get a salesperson license, and then you took additional, you know, class hours to become a broker. Well, immediately, everyone's a broker, um, but you are a provisional broker. And the way to remove that provisional status is you have to take your post-licensing courses. And right now, the rule is it's three courses. They each last, is it 30 hours each? And it's so bad I don't remember this. So I believe an additional 90 hours of courses um, in order to remove that provisional status. Um, But everyone, of course, is still a broker. There's also one term on top of that or above and beyond called a broker in charge. In order to be a broker in charge, you must have a certain amount of uh, like years on your belt of active practice in real estate. And you also must take the broker in charge update course um, or that course just in general to then have that, that designation. So there are differences, you know, as far as a real estate agent, a realtor, a broker. And, you know, it depends on a lot of times the education and also kind of the timing, how long you've actually held your license for. I think it's a great question. That was long-winded, huh? It was, but it was a, detail, <laughs> it was a detailed answer yeah. to a simple question. But um, but I think it's important to understand that. So just know that Realtor, it, it comes with kind of additional adherences to ethics, right? And then broker just means that you can have, uh, in the simplest of terms, I guess, other people working for you, right? Other agents underneath your own umbrella. And that's why you became right. a broker and the owner of A. Cole Realty. So you can still do real estate, of course, on your own as an individual agent, but you have also assembled a team of other agents to help you build this And I have to be a broker team. in charge to do that, not just a broker. Right. I actually have to have my broker in charge uh, license and then also then my firm license as well. But yeah, you know, there, there's, and again, 
you know, once you get that broker you in charge, add, like you just you get added more under, things to it. <laughs> under, yeah, there's there's a lot of responsibilities that come along with that because you know if you have a real estate agent underneath you who you know makes a boo boo. You know, the real estate commission is not only coming after them, they're coming after you as well. So, you know, there's a lot of responsibility that goes along with holding that broker in charge status um, and having other individuals, you know, hold their license underneath you. You've been listening to the Savvy Realtor podcast. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Angie Cole. She's the owner and broker in charge of A. Cole Realty here in the Triangle. And if you have questions for Angie, we invite you to go online to acolerealty.com. Listen to past podcast episodes on the website, read the blog and all the great information, including the option to find a home right there on the website. That's acolerealty.com. And you can also call Angie with your questions, 919-578-3128. Did you know that Angie Cole also has a radio show? Tune into the Savvy Realtor, Saturdays at noon on 106.1 FM WTKK.